time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. The bat is dead. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Loot Bros Comic Cast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I have my long-lost brother. It's Mr. Josh Adams. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. You've been a busy guy. Man, it's, I stay busy. I live busy. <laughs> uh, sometimes I think busy is all I know. You and I actually have not been able to catch up in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. It has been. It has been. And I've been doing some reading. Mm-hmm. I think I've brought a couple cool books, uh, you know, to to the table tonight. I don't need anything, nothing mind blowing or anything crazy, but I did do a little bit of reading. All right, fair and enough. So, uh, so I guess uh, if there's before we get into it, you know, just as a bit of a catching up, you uh, have some books coming out very soon. Are we uh, able oh, to yeah. give release dates yet? Uh, this month is as specific as I can get because <laughs> uh, we're waiting on a few things to fall in line before we can get them printed. Uh, and that's just business side of things. But the Sarita one shot and the ash can for 20 uh, poly and 20 XX will both be releasing this month. Uh, barring any unforeseen uh, disasters, they should be out very, very soon. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. And uh, I, I, it's funny, you and I <laughs> were messaging the other day, and it was like, uh, my karate, my son's karate sensei, a really great guy, Luis Campos. Um, I love talking with the man because it's like he's a uh, army vet. Um, he's a uh, m- multiple degrees of black belts and, and various types of combat and martial arts and stuff. He could kill us both without trying. Yeah, and, and and instead of killing us, he just wants to talk about Assassin's Creed and comic books. <laughs> and <laughs> so funny, the show. Because, <laughs> I know, right? So it's so funny because I was talking with him, and uh, and it's funny because he'll come up to me and he'll like he, he I think I might have said this one night we were recording, but I'm sitting in my in the van and I'm reading comics and I got a big fat stack with me, and he comes knocks on the door. He goes, "Hey, I need you to make me a sign. I open. I'm opening up a comic book store." And I was like, I pointed over to my seat. I got a big two or three inch stack of comic books that I just bought. He's like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, did you go buy some of the Walmart uh, random, you know, the little little packs or whatever? I was like, yeah, I just bought like three of them. <laughs> but uh, it, it was cool, man. Just like we've talked over the years. And, and he told me before he had like five or 6,000 comic books, you know. And he was like, I've been thinking about opening up a store. And then he started buying up collections so that he had plenty of inventory. That's dope. It really is. It really is. So not only is he my kid's karate sensei, but then he opened up his store, I don't know, a month or two ago. Uh, we went to the opening day. It was whatever free comic book day was. It was the following week. Nice. I got you. So we went to that and, uh, and that was pretty enjoyable. And, um, and I've been, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll start pulling my stuff from there. You know, I mean, like, why wouldn't I? You, you know, right. So we're already- well, listen, I have got to get you down here. In old Florence, South Carolina, because we uh, we've had for a few years, we had a store called Galactic Comics 
He yep. just moved into a new location this past month. It is now the largest comic book store on the East Coast yes. and the second largest in the country. And it is insane. And it's not, it's comic books, it's games, it's toys, it's you name it. It's, dude, the store is insane. That's all I can tell mm. you is it is insane. The it's, ads, man, have been crazy. <laughs> dude, you've got, and, and like he just, like he just went today, he had put up, the, he, he's got like, he bought up a collection. He's adding like another three or 4,000 toys, like packaged toys to the wall. That's crazy, man. It's insane, dude. It's a great store. (laughs) I can't wait for you to see it. (laughs) I got it. I got it. We got to make that happen. That's got to happen soon. And so now I know the last time you and I talked, I was working two jobs. And since the last time we recorded, I have already left uh, my, you know, my manufacturing job where I was the production manager of a weightlifting company, weightlifting manufacturing company. And then now I am strictly in the mortgage business. Yes, yes, yes. So slow time to be in, but a good time to learn. It'll pick up, dude. It always does. Absolutely, absolutely. So when it does, I'll be ready. That is for sure. So, but let's get into some comics, man. People are here. They want to hear us talk. So we we got another episode of the stack, and uh, I'm going to let you do the honors and go first. All right, dude. So most of my stack this week is going to be me catching up on stuff that I missed. Mm-hmm. I have my out the gate one though is new. I right, so Daniel Warren Johnson, who did one woman dead earth and he did extremity and some other series. You know, I'm a huge fan of this dude. I love oh, yeah. what he writes. I love his art. He just put out the first issue of a new series called do a power bomb. Have you yes. heard of this? Yeah. I messaged you. Um, I think I I thought I had texted you like an interview or something, or it might have been a, I put it in our Loot Bros podcast group. Maybe that like was a, what it was. A screenshot and I tagged you in it or whatever. But I listened nice. to an interview when he had, he was kind of like doing his little press run announcing. Right. So, I said, it's amazing. Check, yeah, it's, it's so good. The first issue, man, you talk about a good setup and hook. All right. So to give people an idea of what, what you're getting into, obviously. Uh, with a title like Do a Power Bomb, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to love this book. It's very, very like high octane metal, steroid like, and do, like it's yeah. insane. And the main story is that there's this, this woman who is a professional wrestler, very successful. And in a match, something goes wrong, a foot slips off of the uh, rope when a, during a move. She gets dropped on her head. It kills her. Years later, like the story jumps ahead like 10 years. Her daughter is now wanting to get into the wrestling world. And everybody's trying to block her from doing it because of what happened to her mom. She's like, look, I want to do this. No, her dad, nobody, nobody wants to let her into that world. She's determined she wants to follow in that legacy and be a wrestler. And she gets approached by this very strange and creepy individual at the end who it tells her that he is a necromancer. And if she will wrestle in this, basically, she's going to be wrestling the undead. And if she does, he can bring her mom back. And that's the setup of the story is she's going to be pro wrestling in in this hellish like necromancers 
underground, like undead <laughs> pro wrestling tournament to save to bring her mom back. That's pretty it's, wild. It's dude. dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild. It's a crazy idea for a story, but man, it it's so fun, and the artwork is phenomenal. Like his his artwork is always great, but it's just it's really good. Uh, it's an outlandish concept, but it's it's done so well that like that you buy into it. Um, so I, I can't wait to see where he goes with with the story. But yeah, that that first issue's out now. Like, pick it up if you like wrestling. If you like uh horror but it's not necessarily scary it's more like the fun action pack kind of hard zombie land type horror uh it's gonna be a fun series i can already tell i'm gonna enjoy it i don't know how long it's gonna run for uh it seems like it's a pretty self-contained story but like I, i'm loving what i've read so far heck yeah dude that's awesome yeah i saw the art for it and everything it looks it's so wonder woman dead earth mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, got a distinct style. He's very recognizable. Yeah, it's it, it looks pretty awesome. So, uh, my first book of the night is gonna be. I've been reading the Garth Ennis Batman Reptilian run. Did you read that yet? I had the first two. I think. So and funny. I, I I've only read the first two so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I've got issues one and two. I, and I think I just kind of I got sidetracked by a lot of different things. Eventually, yeah. I'll track down the rest of it because it was an interesting story. I just I need to get back to it. So it's interesting is definitely the word. So it's got it's Garth Ennis and uh, Liam Sharp, Batman Reptilian. It was a DC black label book, six issues, and man, it's it's right up my alley in so many ways. Um, but it's also like there's something about it that's kind of rubbing me wrong. Like I I, I don't. I think it might be the way they write Batman's dialogue. Hmm. Like it's a little, um, I don't want to say Shakespearean, but it's, it's when I read Batman, I typically read Batman with uh, Kevin Conroy's voice in my head. Right. And this is not adding up to like what I hear in my head. Like, like some of the things that Batman is saying in the dialogue it's kind of like, I just keep scratching my head going, Batman doesn't talk like that. <laughs> and, and I hate when I come across a Batman book that does this. And this isn't the first one. But it, it, it's like the art is really, really good. Oh, yeah, Because it's fully painted, right? Yes. It, it, it yeah. looks like everything is, 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 is painted. And there's so many times where Batman's like presence is flows into the shadows like mm-hmm. the way that batman is used in here it's so uh, gothic and horror you know mm-hmm. like it's really this would have been this would have if, if they would have done this during like the uh 1800s you know industrial revolution kind of stuff like if you would have mm-hmm. had a steampunk aesthetic to this it would have been incredible um but it's it's still great, you know. And, and there's times where Batman, like his actual outfit and his portrayal, changes from frame to frame because sometimes it's just Batman in like a traditional Batman suit. Sometimes it's Batman with the blue hue. Sometimes it's Batman with the giant like shoulder, like mm-hmm. the, the, the pointy shoulders Spikes. and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but what's really it, it? There's some very caricature 
like scenes as well. Cause like you'll have like some really like well drawn, detailed, proportionate, like what you would expect, like images of characters. And then all of a sudden there's these elongated, like very hyper focused um sections with where characters are a little more blown out of proportion. It's it's a bit uh trippy, you know? It, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. It, it's very it's very different. This is not what I expected. With this it's very, story. it's very Garth Ennisy, <laughs> and I'm a, yeah, I'm a, yeah, very much. Maybe this. I don't know if this qualifies as a hot take necessarily, but I'll, I'll be honest. Garth Ennis, as prolific as he is, as successful as he is, he rides the 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 fence a little bit. He's he is so close to being a hack. <laughs> He's not, but he's he teeters on the edge of it. He he teeters on the edge of being too full of himself and a little too Alan Moore, and mm-hmm. I like because like I preacher and the boys and some of these other Garth Ennis things they're very successful, they're interesting, but he's also so up his own behind. Yes, like he and it's it's hard for me, like. Almost immediately when you read anything, you don't have to you don't have to know that he wrote it. You get into the dialogue or page or two into the book, you know that it's a Garth Ennis book because it's got that little bit of just I don't know how to describe it. It's he's it's just it's almost almost hack writing. And he's very successful. And I've I've got several Ennis books, so I can't say too much. But like he he wears out his welcome with me pretty quick. Just if and I'm being honest, I I think that's what's happening. I think that's what's happening to me. Like I really want to like it. <laughs> like I really want to like it. Well, he it's that I do. He he writes Batman as if it's an issue of Preacher. I I I've never read Preacher, so I, I don't know. Or or see. the boys, like he just. Everything he writes just feels kind of samey to me. It doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. It just all feels samey. And and yeah. I get and and I don't know. I know he's 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 a very very popular dude. Um, in fact, one of the books I'm going to talk about is actually Ennis adjacent. <laughs> but so I guess I'm gonna eat my own words shortly, but yeah, because you're getting. <laughs> that sounds like you're like, well, I'm kind of hating on him, but I'm getting ready to say something I like. Yeah, so, so yeah, he's yeah, a mixed I, bag. I, I that's that's a that's probably the best way to put it. It is a mixed bag because there's so much that I really like about this, and there's so much that I'm like, ah, I don't know. Now. Mm-hmm. I want to put something out there, and I don't know if this is the case in all areas because I do believe, from you know, tangentially to us, Lexington County and then Richland County, our property taxes cover various programs. Okay, mm-hmm. um, in Richland County, where I'm at, mm-hmm. we get we get like a ton of perks with our library membership, our library cards and stuff, mm-hmm. and we get a free membership to Hoopla. Have you ever used Hoopla? I have not. Okay, Hoopla is like a all-encompassing streaming um, subscription platform. Mm-hmm. It has books, it has audiobooks, it has music, it has um, comic books, it has all kinds of mm. stuff. And you're only allowed to borrow or check out so many things a month. 
which is different than like comicsology and DC universe is like unlimited, you know? So it's like, I, I can just go and check out everything, download everything and then read nothing. You know, it's kind of what it's kind of like typically how I do things with hoopla because I'm only allowed like 15 or so borrows or downloads a month or something through my subscription. That's allotted to me through the library. Mm-hmm. I've been a lot more selective. And so I own the physical books for all six issues of Batman Reptilian. But I'm reading it on my tablet through Hoopla because it's right there and it would give me the access to it. And I was actually took my my daughter had strep throat last week. Mm-hmm. So I took her to the doctor. We're sitting in the waiting room and I'm like, what am I going to do? Let's check out Hoopla. You know, I've had it on my phone, on my tablet for a while. I was like, you know what? Let's there's a couple books that I wanted to buy. Like actual books. So I started looking for them in there. Didn't see them. I was like, okay, I'll just go to Amazon and order these books. But while I'm in here, let's see what the comic book selection is. Oh, dang. So Justice League Last Ride, all six issues are in there, which I own the first two or three. And then Batman Reptilian. Those were being like, you know, like uh, promoted to me. I'm like, absolutely. So I just kind of want to put that out there for the listeners. If you're listening to this, check. With you know, check with your local library to see if you have a subscription to Hoopla, and you might get digital comic books technically for free, even though mm. you're being taxed and yeah, all that good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> so, a uh, random plug there. It really was, and it's one of those things that like I know a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, because yeah. also also with the library on our end, we get access to what used to be Lynda.com, which yeah. is now called LinkedIn Learning. And so we get access to like all those school, you know, I say school, but those, those, co- those courses. So like I've enrolled myself in some graphic design courses so that I can learn how to be less incompetent. <laughs> how so, to not ask me for everything. <laughs> for literally everything. Yeah. It's like, like Josh, <laughs> you write my, I'll pay you to write my name. <laughs> can you just, make, <laughs> so, but I mean, and that's kind of, that's kind of the goal is to, to you know, learn something to make myself somewhat useful. Um, but yeah, absolutely, dude. It's, it's a cool, what I've figured out, like, you know, I walked in the library one day and I went in there to, to check out a bunch of graphic novels and you know, they're like, Hey, did you know? I'm like, no, I did not know that, but now you do. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> We're not accepting any solicitations. And there you time. go. <laughs> All right, you're up. All right, so my next book, this is one of the ones that I'm late to the show on, like big time, because the whole the whole run has been finished for years. Uh, but it's a book I've always wanted to check out. And when Galactic reopened and I was going through their, you know, all their long boxes, I was I picked up like the first 10 issues of uh, East of West image book. Uh, It's Jonathan Hickman writes it. So Hickman's done a lot of stuff with Marvel. He's written X-Men stuff. He wrote Secret Wars, like the newer Secret Wars. He wrote uh, pretty good runs on Avengers. Like Hickman's a very good writer. and Nick Dergoda, I think is how you say his name is the artist. So East of West is this, it's a sci-fi flavored Western. And it's all about the end of the world. And so basically you've got a lot of people who have received what they call the message. And it's all about the end of times. It's about Armageddon. It's about the, the horsemen and all that. But something has gone wrong. Uh, somehow, 
the three horsemen that arrive realize that death isn't with them. And basically, death has gone rogue from the other uh, horsemen. And so the setup is you've got the the remaining, you know, famine and war and all that. And pestilence. You've got those other horsemen are trying to manipulate everything and bring about the end of the world. Death has abandoned the cause and is actively seeking to destroy all of the other horsemen. And it's set in this very futuristic Western flavored uh, environment. The art's gorgeous. Uh, the storyline is really, really engaging. Good dialogue, good character development. Some awesome, awesome action sequences like this. Mo- it would make such a good movie or TV series. Like it's very cinematic in its uh, presentation, and um, you know, just really well written. Like. Hickman's one of one of the best guys out there right now. I haven't cared as much about his current uh, X Men run with like Powers of X and stuff. I'm not a big fan of all that, but his run on the Avengers was, and some stuff he did with Fantastic Four were really really good. Uh, so getting to see him flex his muscles on the in the indie market where he could really write whatever he wanted to write. Uh, East of West is just end- endlessly creative. Like every page. It is filled with some kind of really cool idea that's something you've never seen before. And it's just, it's really neat. And then, you know, as a, as a believer, you know, you and I were talking about like the book of revelation recently, mm-hmm. like it plays with some of those themes and some of those archetypes that we recognize from, you know, from scripture in new ways, like with a, with a spin on them. So it's, it's, it's not, it, it definitely is not like, subversive in any way it's not trying to like tear down any of that stuff it's just an interesting take on it so like i'm planning to gradually he had most of the run he had uh so i'm gonna be picking him up you know as i get a little bit of extra cash i'm gonna pick up eventually pick up the whole run uh but this first 10 issues are were really really good read really good so i'm i'm eager to get some more of that series. But yeah, if you haven't checked out East of West, uh, the issues aren't hard to find and the trades are not hard to find. I, they, they even have the deluxe, like hardback collecting, you know, uh, collected versions now too. So like it's readily a- available. If you haven't read it, uh, that sounds like something you'd enjoy. Uh, yeah. honestly, the best thing I can compare it to as far as the tone and aesthetic is if you've read like Stephen King's, the dark tower series, you know the the other world that uh, that the gunslinger comes from, Midworld or whatever. That's what East of West feels like. That mixture oh, okay. of the old West with fantasy elements and sci-fi elements all kind of blended together. Just it's just really cool, really cool stuff. That's dope. That's dope, dude. Yeah, I've actually got. I think I've got some Dark Tower books. Mm-hmm somewhere in my stacks. So I've got, oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) I moved my kids out of the upstairs office that was, we call it the game room. And Mm -hmm. I moved them into the basement and I've moved myself into the office so that I can actually, you know, work from in here. Yeah. And I was in the middle of trying to catalog all my comic books. And I just keep finding boxes of things that I've bought over the years that I was like, put to the side. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I keep finding uh, graphic novels because, you know, you know, you and I have both 
used ollies to pick up a lot of our graph, oh, you know, yeah. trade, our, our hardbacks and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And man, every now and again, they'll do that three ninety nine sale. <laughs> Just start raging. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to read this, but I'm going to have it. But for three ninety nine, I got it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my next book is, um, is, uh, it's been a fun one. I'm going through the death of Wolverine. Okay. So I remember only, that coming out. I never read it, but I do remember it coming out. So years ago, a friend of mine let me borrow his copy of Wolverine Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, I don't know if this leads to Wolverine Goes to Hell. As a matter of fact, I didn't even look at it. I got you. But uh, I was like, you know what? I own all the issues. Now, this is another thing. Years and years ago, when it first came out, when the death of Wolverine came out, um, my at the time brother in law, uh, he bought me, my sister, and my brother all like every issue, like mm-hmm. together for Christmas one year. And it was one of those things he was like, this could be as big a deal as the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. So he had ordered us all the bundles. Hmm. And it's one of those things to where I never wanted to open them. I'm like, hey, I don't know, this might be worth something one day. Maybe it's not, maybe it is. So uh, this is one of my, you know, with my previous jobs, I've been kind of chipping away at issue by issue on my breaks uh, through comicsology, mm-hmm. which to be such a proponent of physical comics on this show, I keep talking about digital, <laughs> the digital right. versions. Yeah, but we I, know um, you buy, we, we know you buy yeah, actual physical yeah. issues too. And so, uh, but so I started this one, I'm a few issues into the run. Uh, I think I'm three issues in, but the, in the beginning, essentially, you know, Logan Wolverine mm-hmm. has lost his healing ability. Now, unfortunately, I haven't read what led up to this. Mm-hmm. So it just starts off with him all kinds of busted up, you know, and he's lost his healing ability. And it's, and there's been a bounty kind of put out on him. So, you know, he meets with Reed Richards and he's kind of like, hey, you know, shoot it to me straight. What's going on? Well, I'm not healing. I'm, I'm not getting better. And you know, it, it basically, it's it, it's hurting him and wounding him every time he pops his claws. You know, mm-hmm. so he he's he, it's one of those things where it's really awesome because Wolverine is at risk of infection if he pops his claws. You know, like, mm. and he's not healing. So uh, over as as the the issue goes through these, you know, this bounty that's on his head, these different assassins start to show up. To take him out. And they have, you know, in typical Wolverine fashion, just some absolute amazing, um, you know, battles or whatever. And there's this one guy in particular um, in the first issue. He's got like the American flag tattooed on his face. And he goes into this bar where, you know, Logan Wolverine has been kind of hanging out and he leaves a map. And it says uh, with a, it's got an X on the map with his coordinates and it says, come on, you cowards. And so these guys show up and Wolverine is just hanging out on this island where assassin after assassin after assassin, you've got ninjas, you've got commandos, you've got everything. And it's just the beach is just filled with dead bodies, swords Dang. and spears and all kinds of stuff in all these people. And it's Wolverine just killing everyone. But, <laughs> but you know, this bounty's out and everyone has been, is, is coming after him. And he has this like, awesome fight with this dude with this American flag tattoo on his face. And he just headbutts the dude over and over and over until his face splits open. 
<laughs> it's just, it's awesome. But then later on, I think this is actually technically the second issue. You have uh, Wolverine go to, well, let me back up. You, yeah, you have him go to meet this this chick who's also an assassin, and they're kind of smuggling around this um, one of the helmets from Iron Man suits, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like this uh, this kind of like high end weapon that they're trying to smuggle around or whatever. But essentially, he meets up with this this chick, and she's got Sabretooth chained up like a dog. Dang, yeah. And so he, you know, him and Wolverine, you know, kind of have at it a little bit and they have just like, it's just, it's so cool. But he carves out one of, he rips out one of, well, I don't know that he rips it out, but there's a scene where he like uses his claws and slashes Logan's eye. And then he's, his eyes kind of all scratched up and messed up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then from there, he's got to kind of wrap up. And he looks like a solid snake. (laughs) So, but like I said, uh, so far, the first couple issues of, uh, I think I'm like I said, issue three out of the first four, um, Death of Wolverine, it's been pretty freaking good, man. Lots of good action. Um, It's it's very well written. And this whole like bounty on Wolverine's head and everyone coming after him, it's cool because you see Lady Lady Deathstroke or Deathstrike in there, Yodiko. She comes mm-hmm. in. You got Kitty Pride coming in and phasing in and out of people's bodies and essentially threatening to kill them just by, you know, phasing back out. Um but issues uh one through four are written by Charles Soule uh and drawn by Steve McNiven. So I'm not actually all you know, I'm not very familiar with those guys. But so far, uh, so good. I, I, this is definitely a series um, that I will finish. And this this particular collected edition has Death of Wolverine 1 through 4, uh, Death of Wolverine. And it's got all the tie-in issues because mm-hmm. there's, there's tons of them. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, man. So far, I'm digging it. And then I think what I'm going to do is because I'm, you, you know, listeners of this show, the Lubrous Podcast, they know how much of a Batman fan I am. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to read other other stuff. You know, I'm always going to have some Batman going on, but I've been trying to kind of read other things. And, you know, one of my other favorites is Wolverine. I freaking love Wolverine. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to read Death Wolverine. Then I'm going to read Wolverine Goes to Hell. That's kind of like, I want to read that one again. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I don't know if they're chronologically like in order of in any way, but that's just, you know, that's just where my head's at. That's what I want to yes. read. Yeah, those are some that I've never read, so I may uh, eventually I may eventually check those out. Um, yeah, man. So I've been recently I've been getting back into a series that I raved about when it first came out, and then I just kind of got to reading other things and and let it go for a while. Is the Immortal Hulk? Uh, so I I dove I've, the past week I dove back into Immortal Hulk and. Anybody that hasn't read it, it's it's the Incredible Hulk, but it's taken a much more like Evil Dead horror <laughs> approach to the Hulk, and you know it deals a lot with the what the Hulk calls the Banner System, and it's all these different versions of the Hulk that are all contained with within the person the, of Banner. And in this, in the series where I've picked up again now after such a long time, uh, it's this really interesting setup to where the leader 
has basically taken control of of hell. And he, the leader has trapped the Bruce Banner part of the Hulk is in hell. And the only other parts of the Hulk that were able to escape were Joe Fixit, which was the old Grey Hulk from the like from the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties. Yep. Joe Fixit, but he's in the physical he's in a human body. Or he or the what we call the dumb Hulk, they call him the kid. It's basically the savage, you know, the old school green, you know, Hulk smash, puny humans version of Hulk. That's basically like Banner's inner child. They're the only two that have survived and gotten out of hell at that point. And you know, there's some crazy stuff that happens. Like they figured out that the Hulk can't die. You can't kill the Hulk. No matter what you do to him, he will regenerate from whatever. Like he, like he just can't. He can't be killed. And they do some really crazy body horror stuff with the Hulk in this series. That, like, if you haven't seen any of it, man, it's insane. And like, at, at some point, uh, the Red Hulk uh, persona comes back out, and <laughs> there's this fight where the Hulk is taken out. He's just going to town, destroying the Avengers, and. He get he's particularly fighting with the work, and he uh he gets his arm cut off, and then like he purposefully takes the the stump of his arm, shoves it into Thor's face, so that when his arm grows back, it'll grow back around Thor's head. So like he's got Thor's head like inside of his arm, and, and like he Jeez. suffocated him, and like they have to chop his arm off again to get to get Thor out. It's like, it's crazy, man. It's, <laughs> it's the most like er, the artwork's gorgeous. The story is so good. And it's the most out there unhinged. I can't believe Marvel's letting them print this that I've seen Marvel do in ever. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's I've just, heard a lot of good things about it. It's phenomenal. If you are a Hulk fan, you will love all of the, Things that they call back to in this, all the characters that they call back to through the history of the Hulk, it gives you such a deeper understanding of the Hulk psychology, of you know of who he is, what makes him do the things he does. It's just, it's really cool, and it's also cool seeing the rest of the Marvel universe try to respond to him because it shows you that like they've never really understood the Hulk. Like even when he was part of the team, even mm-hmm. when they considered him a good guy or whatever, they've never understood the Hulk, and they've never really fully trusted the Hulk. And now that he is, you know, going through all the the Planet Hulk and uh, World War Hulk and all that stuff, like none of the f- old friends consider him a friend anymore. Uh, he the Hulk is literally he is very much a monster in this series. And I, I think he works best that way. And just the, seeing the reactions that everyone has to him is, is, is really interesting. So, like, I, I love this series so much. <laughs> it's the best the Hulk has ever been, as far as I'm concerned. That's what I keep hearing, man. Like, I hear it, it just got better and better and better. And uh, did, doesn't Donnie Cates do that one? Yes. Okay. I think he was on like some special sauce for a while there. 
because Immortal Hulk and then Venom. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kept hearing that like everything he did was was really awesome. So I've got it downloaded. You know, um, it's a it's I, an incredible series, man. It's very you won't believe how far they go into horror. Like you, it will really blow your mind how and like because most of the time when Marvel does quote horror. Most of Marvel's horror is very tame. Yeah. It's more like Halloween, yeah, goofy like ghost horror. type horror. Yeah. And when you see what they do, I mean, this is some Hellraiser Clive Barker stuff that they do. That's awesome. Like, and it's got some crazy body horror. Like, it's, it's really insane. Some of the stuff, some of the things that they draw in this book. And like it's just like I can't even hardly describe it. It's just it's probably it's one of the best horror comics I've ever read in my life, and it's a Hulk book. That's awesome. And it still manages to be very much a Marvel Universe book. Like he's the Fantastic Four, the X Men, the Avengers. You know, all these different characters are they're there. They're interacting with the story, but I mean, like it's. It's so outside the realm of everything that they know what to do with. Uh, there's even a point where, like, Reed Richards is is talking about the situation. He's like, look, like, I'm barely keeping up with this. And, like, he's of all the stuff I know, <laughs> he's like, this is be something. What's going on with Hulk is beyond science. Like, there's something. It's, it's beyond my ability to wrap my head around it. I'm the smartest man in the world and I can't figure this out. Exactly. Like it's, and it very much, you know, it's, it's really cool to see the Hulk fully embracing all of the sides of the, what he, what they call the banner system. Like, cause for so many years, Hulk hated banner, banner hated Hulk, you know, and then you had this struggle between who, you know, gray Hulk or green Hulk, which, you know, which one was really the Hulk. And now to see that there's that Banner has really just so many different personalities and that they're all working together now is such a cool thing. So he can dive in and out of any of those different iterations of the Hulk whenever one of them's needed. That's pretty cool. That's That's a very interesting take on it, too. Yeah, it's I mean, he can. He can like get blown up and then he'll come right back, come storming back as, you know, as the Red Hulk. Or then they, you know, something else may blow a hole at him and he comes back as the great. It's it's just incredible seeing the Hulk as this amorphous, shape shifting beast that can't be stopped. Heck yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Sticking with the horror themes, I got another horror comic. So, um, I've been kind of jumping around. I, again, I said this on the last time we did a stack. I've been trying to keep up with some indie stuff. Now, this one's digging a little bit farther back. Did you ever play the game The Evil Within? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. played the first one. I didn't play the second one, but I played the first one. Perfect. Well, they've released comic book series through Titan Comics for each one of those, for both okay, those games. Okay, I didn't know that. They did. So st- the story is by Ian Edgington and the art is by Alex Sanchez. It is awesome. Like it looks amazing. The the horror elements of it. This is the most Silent Hill comic book I've read yet. Huh. And I've read I now I've read through both of the collected editions, the Evil Then and Evil Then 2. You know, I've read them in the past, but I just recently went back through the first two issues 
of the evil within. And because I just read Silent Hill Downpour, I think I might have talked about that on the last stack episode we did. Not sure. Um, But I read through Silent Hill Downpour and I just don't. All the Silent Hill books I've read are not great. Yeah, I haven't read a single one that really felt like it was on point. Right, right, right. This, on the other hand, kind of because it really, it really like grabs the essence of Evil Within. Mm-hmm. And it also, but, it, but because Evil Within is so psychological and so crazy, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a better Silent Hill book. Realistically, so this it, it, the the book the first issue you're following this lady, and um, she's kind of like riding around. She doesn't have service. She gets lost. Um, she winds up at a diner. You know, diners very you know empty. You know, sees some some. I don't know if you remember the guy that one of the figures there that was in the evil. Then the guy that um. Uh, in the comic, he's wearing like almost like a hooded coat, but it's all torn up. You find him in the mansion. He's kind of like the spirit figure dude. I can't remember his name from the game. Anyways, he's one of the boss guys, and you mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of chase him through the game, whatever. But basically, within the first few scenes, you know, you're being chased by these zombie-like creatures that also have a lot of body mutilation stuff going on, mm-hmm. barbed wire around their neck, uh, shards of glass through their eyes, and things of that nature. And you and this guy, it's very Resident Evil 2, the way the lady shows up at a diner and then mm-hmm. meets up with this Leon kind of character, not that he's a cop or anything, but then they take off together and they got to kind of look after each other. Right. So it very much grabs... All of the elements of the horror that that kind of you know feed off of each other, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Evil Within, mm-hmm. and essentially they get chased off, and then she has this like crazy migraine, right? Mm-hmm. And then she ends up in the dream world, and I don't know if you remember in Evil Within how you'd go into that that, that dream world kind of place where you have that nurse or that um. Well, the, the chick wearing the nurse's outfit, but she kind of like a receptionist. She sat behind that that uh, that desk or whatever, and they played that really eerie music. And you could go through the. It's where you upgraded your character. You sat in the chair and you, you injected. Yeah, all the yeah, yeah. Off. I remember that. Right. Well, so this, so in here you kind of use that as like a spirit world, essentially, to kind of jump through mirrors and get you into other places. Mm-hmm. And they jump through this mirror and they end up in like a Silent Hill style hospital and there's bodies all mutilated and, and, and killed and, and dismembered everywhere. And then the, you know, the pyramid head guy, but he's got like a safe on his head, mm-hmm. rat and barbed wire, he, with the, the butcher, he's chasing after them. And essentially that's kind of the whole first issue, but it's just, it's, it's mainly like a giant chase scene with a bunch of mutilated bodies. Story-wise, it doesn't really do much of anything, but it really does kind of play into the things that you're familiar with from the game franchise and the franchises that inspired it. And, you know, just kind of revisiting that, you know, I was like, man, this is, this, this is so much better than the Silent Hill books that I've been reading. So, um, and I'm going through this one right now, you know, and, and, and in this first issue, there, there, there are some kind of like, uh, some flashbacks and they are kind of, they started to talk about their backstories or whatever, but the first issue is really just like, you know, a chase scene with a bunch of, of crazy creatures going after you. So, um, 
if you like the evil within and you like silent hill i would recommend you know checking these out again they're on comiXology yeah i was uh, pulling up some of the um just kind of to see the artwork and yeah it does very it has a, it has a very strong silent hill vibe to the it does to the visuals of it yeah i see what you mean it's uh it, it's pretty cool so it's one of those that I've kept kind of downloaded on my iPad. Uh, as a matter of fact, we went on vacation a couple years ago. And I read through both the Evil Within and the Evil Within 2. And I was like, man, this is this is pretty decent. You know, I really, I, I don't, and I played the first game. I never played the second game, although I own it. And it's one of those uh, franchises that I'm moving up to definitely jump back into. Mm-hmm. I want to knock those out. I would love to know more because that's the godfather of, res- of, of horror, man. That's yeah, exactly. uh, Shinji, Shinji Mikami. Yo, he birthed the evil within and all the craziness that came with it. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely one I want to recommend since we, you know, we obviously uh, <laughs> been talking about some horror stuff tonight. So that's a, that's a, that's a good one. You, you got another one for us, Josh? Yeah. So my last one for this time. And I, I was ripping Garth Ennis a little bit, but um, I, I, every once in a while I get in the mood to just, like time travel back to the nineties. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't and, know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I see, you know, there's, I, I, there's a book I hadn't pulled off the shelf in a long time was the, the big volume one omnibus of the darkness. Oh dude. All right. So I was like, you know what? I hadn't, che- I haven't checked this out in a long time. And you know, that was at least that first run of it was Garth Ennis and Mark Silvestri. And, you know, you look back at it, and, man, 90s comics were their own thing. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Uh, they were their own thing. They, you know, there was a huge effort to be gritty and, you know, to push the envelope a little bit. And the 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 art was very, like, very stylized, very, you know, showy. But but it's, it's interesting to look at. Like, it's still interesting to look at. Yes, yes. And, you know, looking back, and, and I think what got me on wanting to read it again is I, I was con- thinking about the game because the, the darkness Damn, games so were really fun. I was like, you know, I, I hadn't read that story in a long time. And anybody who's not familiar, and I cannot believe that there hasn't been a movie of this or TV or show or anything, but basically you had this dude that was a, in the mafia. Uh, he's, uh, Pretty powerful guy, young man, he's in the mafia, and uh, he becomes bonded with the darkness, which is like the, basically the a, a demonic, not just armor, he also has control of all these little, like, demonic imp creatures yes. uh, that, you know, that he can use to fight, he can send them to do his bidding. He's got like basically an army of imps <laughs> that he can control, and I, 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 you know, I'll read it, and I know that the bo- dialogue's bad, and I know that the story <laughs> is kind of stupid and all that, but man, it's still just so freaking cool. <laughs> it is. It like is. it's not brilliant. It's definitely not brilliant, but it achieves what it wanted to achieve, which is to be a really cool mashup of like the godfather and anime and it's it's pretty dope and like it's it holds up better than i thought it would um 
compared to some of the other 90s books, especially some of the indie stuff, like, man, you remember when Image first started, Image and Top Cow, when they first started, man, those guys would pop out an issue or two of like a thousand different series and never finish yep. any of them. Like, you yep. never knew what you were going to get, especially if Rob Liefeld was like, Liefeld did like so many just, I'll create another character and another character and another character and never finish any <laughs> of the stories. Uh, so, like, the market was flooded <laughs> with gritty anti-heroes, but you know, it's particularly after Spawn sort of opened the gate for that. But out of all of that stuff, honestly, going back and looking at the darkness, it still holds up really well. I know they've done some follow-ups and some continuations of it. I honestly would love to see someone tackle the darkness as almost like as a reboot. I'd love to yes. see a new take on the darkness, a more modern take on it. But, uh, I gotta say, man, it gave me that nostalgic. Uh, gave me the gave me the good feels going back and reading it. Like I understand why, like teenage me thought it was so cool. <laughs> Dude, thirty seven year old me thinks it's amazing too. So it's so <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that one because that was okay. I don't know if I said this last time we got together, but Humble Bundle did the twenty fifth or thirtieth anniversary of Image Comics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember they were doing that. Yeah, yeah, and and you so for like twenty five dollars, you got like the first fourteen volumes of Spawn. Nice. You got uh, all of the first run of the Darkness, which is like fifty nine or fifty something issues. I don't remember. Dang. And then you got Witchblade, uh, Savage Dragon, all that stuff. So I bought it specifically for the darkness because I've been picking up those single issues mm -hmm. from my local second and Charles whenever they have their sales and stuff. And I was like, man, I don't know that I'll ever get a full run of the darkness, but I love the two games. I adore those games. Yeah, they were fun. Yes, they were so fun. And then just the the witty nature of the little demon. You know, yeah, the way they're always talking to you. And you yes, head. always talking. Yeah. And the fact that you're this like, you know, in the you're just this mafia guy who's like kind of takes himself pretty serious. And then you've got these like bad attitude kind of snarky <laughs> demon things mm -hmm. that eat people as you oh man, I gotta revisit those. That's so good. So it's, <laughs> it's good. But it's so funny because when you mention it, so um my my friend Luis Campos, the my to my kids Christ and say he told me the other day at, at, at um, the Christ studio he said yeah I just got in some new short boxes and he goes and I got some that are the darkness theme I was like man dude I like really 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 I've got them all downloaded I was like I really want to read through those comics because I've never read I've read individual issues but I've never read them in order so I don't really know the story outside of the games and then you bring it up here. So that's three instances in the past couple of months where the darkness has kind of been like. So I know like, what Daryl's about to read. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I got it brought up. I got it queued up right here. It's funny because you brought, you mentioned it. So I clicked into the first issue um, and just kind of like looked through the, the art a little bit. So my last book is one that you talked about a few weeks ago. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but you had told me to check out Ones in Future. Mm-hmm. And I've picked up some individual issues and I started reading the first volume on Comixology just so I can get the story kind of in order. Mm -hmm. And so far, I've only made it through the first couple of issues, but you're right. It is so cool. Isn't it, it crazy? Is, it really it's, is. It's very crazy. 
Um, and then the, the grandma with the freaking like she's awesome un- underground bunker full of guns, and she's, she's like, awesome. <laughs> like she's these things are coming character. after us, dude. It's awesome. So I just kind of wanted to jump in there and not so much recap the things you already talked about in the book, but to let you know that like I took your advice, I did check it out, and so far what I've read, it's very very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible, and it just gets better and better. Like that series just blossoms man it gets it's just so good yeah i'm 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 really digging it and the art is very clean but you know what it, what it reminds me of do you remember 90s x-men the juggernaut uh episodes yeah so do you remember that um the, the kind of the nerdy guy that finds the gym and gets all buffed out and like is trying really hard to pick up chicks in the in the in the, in the cartoon but yeah. he's still a nerd at heart like that's what the character, the main character, um, in the beginning reminds yeah. me of. The yeah, because he's not, he's not a cool guy. Like no, he's, he's not. He pulls off some cool stuff, but it's mostly by accident. Like at least at first, <laughs> like he is, he's definitely not, not nearly as tough and cool as his grandma is. Oh my gosh! But it's so funny because when I first fired it up, I was like, "This dude looks like the guy, from the, the, um, mm-hmm. the 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 juggernaut." Uh, yeah, from from that particular episode of X Men, so I thought that was that was really cool. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention it on here that yeah, like I, I I am reading it, and I liked the first few issues that I read. I think I read the first three or four. Nice. Um, so I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna start picking those up. I again, I doubt I'll get a collect a full collected uh, series, but you know, I don't I don't buy comics to get the full collected versions. I buy them to have issues just yeah. to read through. And yeah, and you know, I wanted to like before we finish up tonight. I wanted to to throw this out to anybody listening. I know it's been a while. We've been doing these stack episodes lately, and they're fun. I, I love doing these. Uh, let's just kind of bounce back and forth about a bunch of different books. But um, it's been a while since we've sat down and really reviewed, like, and done a deep dive into something. Yeah. Um. So, like, on the Discord or or wherever. If there's a, like a, a title, whether it's an old storyline, a new storyline, something that just came out, whatever it might be, if there's a title that they want us, any of the listeners want us to like just unpack and do an episode or, or two or three episodes just deep diving on something, like if maybe a character or a certain creator, whatever it might be, if there's something you want us to talk about, you know, let us know and like we'll we'll put in the time, we'll do the Absolutely. the reading and the research. Man, I think it'd be fun to get back to some, you know, reviews or like just digging deeper into some of these things uh, and have some really cool episodes about that. If that's something you that you feel like you're up for. Oh, dude, I am down. This is so I do a lot of podcasts, right? This is my favorite one to do. And there, I'm not just saying that because you're here. These are this is they're easy and they're fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Our conversations change so much based on what we're reading, Mm -hmm. and it. I I love doing deep dives and reviews and things of that nature. That I mean, I have a whole tier on our Patreon just to encourage people to send things you know my way to check out that that are you know, their favorite games or whatever. So, right. Right. Absolutely. Whenever I, I'll edit up the, I'll whip the show up and I'll post it and then, and you know, we'll, we'll open it up and we'll uh, definitely go to the discord, go to the Facebook group. You know, if there's something you want us to read or talk about or check out, man, I would love to do that, especially if it's something that I haven't read before. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So, 
Well, Josh, man, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I, I, I love when we get to do this. Like I said before, this is my favorite show to do. Um, I just think it, it, uh, it, it piques my interest the most at everything I do when it comes to music, video games, uh, mortgage stuff, <laughs> uh, everything. When we talk comics, I, that is just, it, 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 it's awesome. Now, it's your happy I do place. Want, it really is. It really is. And I'm going to bring on a guest here soon. I've actually sent her an email. I'm just kind of waiting on the dates now. But on the Loot Bros podcast, I interviewed some indie game devs. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to say the name of their studio because I <laughs> screwed it up a lot last time. But uh, it's this, an artist named Susan Schaefer. Um, she is the artist for the iOS mobile game. Um, the day we fought space. Okay. So if you, I'll actually link that episode in the show notes for this one, but if you just go to loot bros podcast, anywhere, whether you go to YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all those places, the episode called the day we fought space. There's an iOS game, a little space shooter, uh, where the story is done in a comic book. And the comic is so like you, you, when you open the game up, uh, there's a, there's like a little microphone and it, it says digital comic or whatever. And you click on that and you can read kind of like the first few panels that kind of tell the story and all the art is done in this kind of stylized comic book filter essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. And so when I was talking to the devs about the game and how the comic book stuff really spoke to me, we were actually doing a zoom call on video and I could see how the artist. Susan, how she like lit up, like she's like, I love comic books, and so I was like, man, I would love to have you on to talk, you know, with me and Josh about about comics. So hopefully, I'll be bringing her on pretty soon, and that'll be an interesting, um, you know, person to bring on because obviously you're a comic book artist, you know, mm-hmm. and she's a comic book artist, but in a different medium. You know, she's a comic book yeah. artist in yeah, that's a video really cool. game, so that would be really cool, you know, cross pollination. But I, I had emailed her and kind of sent over some dates. So as soon as I can get her on, I would love for the three of us to get on here and talk shop. But if there's other people, you know, around or in, you know, if you're listening, you say, "Hey, reach out to this person, reach out to this person." I'll definitely do it and see if we can have them on. I, I typically stra- stay away from some of the larger, you know, artists. Uh, but if someone was like, "Hey, I, I would love for you to talk to this person," I would go and do it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm always attracted to. The indie artists on both sides, gaming and gaming music and comics. But I would definitely give it a shot. So if there's something out there you guys want us to do, uh, give us some feedback. Holler back at us. Ain't no holler back, girl. There you go. Josh, I appreciate you, brother. This has been the Loot Bros Comic Cast. Like, share, subscribe, leave us reviews, and we'll be back next time. All right, we got something special to end the show this week. This is a remix of another song that I did with my side project, RPD, Resurrection, Pending Death. This is the Only Cowards Run remix. I'll be posting this one on this week's Loot Bros podcast as well. I would love to know what you guys think. This is a freaking cool remix, in my opinion.
can try to run away, but you can never hide. There ain't a wrong that you have made that can be changed, right? Sink or swim, fight or run, this is your choice. I use this music as a weapon, this is my voice. Words I hope that I hope that this is what I